to the uh, final grumble of the year which is a shame which is a shame it is a shame it is a shame uh season didn't end how we wanted did it now absolutely not we were kind of talking about oh it'll be fine you know we're playing against teams that have got nothing to play for we're going to be able to get in there and do it and then we've been poor uh this weekend it's just been so devastating to to see that kind of collapse that we've that we've had over these last few weeks, because um, I think if you'd asked anybody, I think most people were probably confident we were getting in the wild card. Um, things were going well, and then it's just fell apart. Can't wait. Well, the uh, craziest part is um, the the D backs got swept by the Astros, which I said was probably what was going to happen. But that I always thought the we had a better chance of catching the D-backs than we did the Marlins. Mm-hmm. And the D-backs did everything we needed them to do, which was get swept by the Astros. Um, Cubs just needed to find two more wins in this season where they've lost a hell of a lot of one, two-run games. Um, a lot of them this week managed to win one out of the six. And I've just said if they just went 50-50, we'd be um, getting ready for a... Uh, Series for the Brewers now. Um, instead, we're sat here. And we're gonna probably have to talk about some uncomfortable things. I think. Indeed, I think that, it, like as you say, it's, it's so frustrating that it's so close. Um, and there, there were so many close games that we've. It's just I, I I'm absolutely gutted. I, I know that you are as well. Um, there, there's one person that that we we put point the finger at. Um, and I know that you're keen to point the finger at him and uh, and say your piece. So I'll, I'll 
hand the floor over to you um, and you can say well, your piece. Well, before we start pointing the blame at the um, at what I think is not necessarily the main reason for the failings, but you know the person who's going to have to take the fall for it. Should probably mention a few of the failings um, just in this last week. Um, complete utter collapse by so many key players. Um, mm-hmm. Dansby was terrible. He's absolutely terrible all month, to be honest. But you needed him to step up and do something. He was awful. Um, I suppose he did make a couple of good players at the end of. Well, it was a loss, so it didn't matter. Um, that that drop by Suzuki, completely unforgivable. Um, that would have been one of the wins we needed. Yep. Um, dropped by Ian Happ, again unforgivable. It's a um, gold Glover, and yeah, it just seems that a lot of, a lot of players they weren't tired. They completely lost their heads. Um, yeah. And there's only one person you can really start blaming for things like that, and that's David Ross. Um, just, I know we've spoken about it in one of the early episodes, and then I kind of cooled off a bit because I don't like dumping on people mid-season. Um, I always like to get behind the, the team and who's in charge, whilst you know the possibility of success is still there. Um, but for me, David Ross isn't a um, isn't a manager. And to get one thing clear, I don't dislike David Ross. I think um, David Ross will have a very nice career on Marquee Sports when he eventually does <laughs> stop being Cubs manager. Though I think it's going to be this season, where, well, the end of this season, he's going to stop now. Um, Tom Ricketts has already said he's happy with it. Uh, whatever, Tom, it's your team, I guess. Um <laughs> I wouldn't want to spend any money and put him in charge. Um, you just have to look at this last month, the amount of players where the heads had gone probably needed a rest. I know it's the crunch part of the season, um, but just giving them players maybe an extra day off around an off day uh, would have done miracles. Dansby, like I said, he's been awful. We all know Dansby would probably say no to a day off, but Dave Ross is the manager and he has to... He has to make that decision. He has to tell Dansby, look, you're knackered, you're cooked, you need a day off. Uh, same for Nico. He started making some mistakes. He could have benefited from maybe a day off. Um, yeah, Who would have played second? Uh, don't know, probably Mastroboni. But end of the day, if that one day off means he's going to be better for the rest of that week, you'd take that. Um the bullpen, we know there's been the injuries. He used the same three arms constantly, and there's more people in that bullpen. He was hell-bent on going to Quas in these no-margin-for-error situations. And Quas is a wild pitcher by default. Um, you can't trust him not to walk someone. Uh, it works. It, he has had some success with it with the Cubs. But don't wait until the bases are loaded before you bring him in, because it's just... It's just not going to work. Um, Mark Lighter Jr. had been great for most of the year. For whatever reason, lost his slider towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Kept bringing him in in these high leverage situations where you just knew um, every time Lighter came in, you knew he wasn't going to get the job done. Um, complete opposite to what we were used to seeing earlier in the year um, where you did expect him to get it done. And he just wasn't. So he weren't comfortable with it. Um, Mary Weather... 
seemed to get it done sometimes. But again, towards the end, he was starting to scuffle and he was just getting overused. But you've got other arms in the pen. Um, could have used Luke Little a lot more. I, I can only remember seeing him pitch twice. He's debuting and once what, last night where no one were really watching last night. I weren't really watching last night because I was too fuming after that other shower of crap in uh, in Chicago. Uh, that, that's they've got nothing to do with this, so I won't go into that. That's <laughs> me more angry about that than I am about this. So David Ross is probably going to get the brunt of both two teams' worth of frustration from me today. Um, yeah, his decision making shocking. Um, it came. Uh, these are just examples from this last week, but this was a big week, and like I said, two wins, two extra wins would have done it for the Cubs. Um, biggest at bat of the year, uh, extra innings against the Brewers, bases loading, and he brings Patrick. Well, he leaves Patrick Wisdom in to take the at bat. We just needed some. We just needed the ball to go on to play. And Patrick Wisdom isn't a guy that puts the ball into play. It either goes out or he strikes out. And he strikes out more than it goes out the park. It weren't the right thing to do. David Ross has left him in and he struck out. And, um, yeah, all the Brewers had to do then was get the guy over the line, which he did. Um, yeah, no, 100%. I think that, uh, you know, I've said before, I, I like David Ross, but I like him... Uh, he's made a few uh, boo-boos in, in my humble opinion with regards to how you conduct yourself. You know, there was the nonsense with the Pirates uh, just about a couple of weeks back and it was kind of, I felt that was a bit out of order. Um, but generally, I, I quite like listening to him talk. I obviously liked him uh, as a player uh, for us, but I think that for me, there comes a point where he can now no longer hide behind the oh we're we're a kind of rebuilding kind of team that that kind of thing you look at the you look at the team we have and that's a team that should be in the postseason and at times this season we looked unstoppable we were awesome and they were all firing on all cylinders but as you say he becomes overly reliant on a, a smaller kind of pool of players seems unwilling to kind of do something a bit different um, and we saw that when he brought the rookies up that it was like is he bringing these up to kind of to give guys days off to let these young guys come in and fill out a, a place in the field just to kind of give a day off but no they sit in the, the bench and they might come in and pinch run or or whatever and it's so I think that some... it's not just the rookies. No, 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 it's no, not no, just I, the rookies. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like the recent. It's like people like Chris Burrell, who I guess you could still call him rookie if you mm. want. He weren't brought up straight away, and he were hardly used, really. To be honest, how many home runs do you think Christopher Morel would have hit this season if he was playing every day? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Forty, forty, forty plus. Yep, forty plus. They weren't playing him every day. They were using him conservatively. Because David Ross just hell bent on Miles Mastroboni and bloody veterans apparently. Um, yeah, a key part, a key part of this season, a key thing the Cubs had to do this season was find a position for Chris Morrell every day, and it looked like they were wanting to do it. And then 
for whatever reason has stopped and we've 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 hardly seen him this last last half of the yep. this last couple of months we've hardly seen him. Yep, there's... On, on, on a, it yeah. That's a guy that you Cubs needed a forty home run guy. There's your forty home run guy and he's just keeping his teammates happy in the bench. <laughs> yeah, and it's just weird. It's like I mean, I think as soon as you start to see uh, guys who are like a hundred percent kind of dependable uh, on defense, and they're starting to make these kind of errors that that, that we've seen, um, and as you, as you to use your word, unacceptable. Um, and you kind of you do have to ask yourself the question: well, what, What's going on here? And it's probably down to tiredness. You know, not maybe necessarily physical tiredness, but certainly the mental tiredness of every single day and not getting a day off and and things like that. And regardless of whether you have a player who is refusing point blank to to take a day off because they want to play every day, tough. Like you know, you're scratched for today. Take a seat. Have a you know, have a rest. Um, and and that does come down to the manager. And and I just feel that he's. I, I think he's. Put it this way: going into next year, the the so so going into this year, I, I wasn't quite sure where we were going uh, this year. I would kind of hope that we would make the postseason. I wasn't a hundred percent convinced we would. Um, but going into next year, uh, that has to be the that that's the that's the aim and the goal. And and I'm not sure he's ne- the guy. Next next year's next year, the Cubs have to be looking to go deep in the absolutely, post-season. and not just not just making the postseason. No. Don't don't let the Cubs organisation or the super fans which refuse to say anything negative about the Cubs gas gaslight you about this season because this roster was built to make the postseason. There's no way in hell that they, they didn't buy Dansby and they didn't pay. No, these some of these signings didn't work out. That Hosmer signing yeah. or the Mancini signing they didn't work out, but they were brought in because they have experience of. World Series and their veterans with experience of the postseason, they were brought in to help the Cubs get to the postseason. Um, don't, yeah, I said, don't let anyone try and convince you that uh, f- finishing just outside the playoffs was an acceptable thing. I said this, I think, episode one, that the thing I was most concerned about was this exact situation happening where the Cubs finished just outside the playoffs and everyone thought that was an acceptable season and David Ross has done a good job because he hasn't. September the 7th, the Cubs had a 92% chance of making the playoffs. Yep. We're, sat, we're sat here less than a month later. Uh, our season's done. They not unacceptable. You can't have... Just, you, can't, you can't have a manager who's gone and managed to do something negative, which you had an 8% chance of doing... About three with about three weeks left of the season, and he can't say he's done a good job because he's completely blown it. Doesn't doesn't matter who the opposition was. We were within beating the Braves every single game in that series, yep. and it was his decisions in the end which cost him. It may use a different arm in the pen, maybe bring Luke Little in, maybe it doesn't work, but it's a hell of a lot better than bringing. Someone in who's cooked. We know he's cooked, and he comes in, and you know the game's over. Yep. I would be, I'll be, I would have taken them defeats if he 
tried anything else other than the same thing he tried every night. He's not managing the team. He's just done the same thing. That good run where the Cubs kept winning and closing out games, he used the same three pitches every night as if <laughs> it was never going to stop working. Yeah. And he just used them and he used them and he used them and eventually all three of them burnt out. Yeah. Merriweather was the last man standing and... He was limping over the finish line. Yep. Them injuries to Fulmer and Alzali, fully on him for overusing him. It'll be asked to just judge it on the last couple of weeks because episode, episode one, that Brewers series where Ian Happ saved his job, he proved then that he wasn't good enough to be a <laughs> major league manager when he... He had Leiter warmed up to bring him in to get us out of that inning where the Cubs blew the game. Yep. And he brought Anthony Kay in instead, who was unproven. And, yeah, it was just things like that where we, he got away with it then because the Cubs eventually won the game in extras because Ian Happ saved his ass. Yep. But that then, the alarm bells were really ringing then. Uh, the same series where there was um, two awful bunts, two awful bunting decisions. There was another, there was another one in the last couple of weeks where he made Mastroboni bunt, and Mastroboni had been absolutely bloody outstanding um, over the last few weeks with his hitting, and he's told him a bunt, and it's not in his skill set, no. and he ends up being an out, and when every out counts. Yeah, it's starting to get ranty now. Uh, <laughs> it's no longer a grumble. It's now it's now a rant. But but no, I think I think it's it's where we're at. I think it's just that kind of the, the frustration and disappointment, and where, where you could see at points during the season if it just went, just that if it had been flipped, it didn't. It didn't have to be like over long stretches. It was just these these little points where it was kind of like that's what's done it over the season where we've got to that point where we're only like a couple of games out and it's incredibly frustrating um, and now we now we sit and twiddle our thumbs uh, yeah we've, we've nothing to do for the next month other than watch everyone else have a dead nice time um, more points on David Ross because I've got more sorry guys if you like David <laughs> Ross and you want to see him next year I'm really sorry but you mentioned it before, his um, conduct, that what he said about the Pirates. Yeah. Oh, what a way. What a way to give them an incentive to blow a game. And they did in that first one. And then it was really uphill from there. That weren't the first time that I've been concerned with the way he conducts himself. In post-game interviews, there was that one way he started swearing. Yeah. Uh, which was just rough. And he acts like that in post-game interviews. How many times has he got himself chucked? out of the game this year for absolute nonsense as well there's been times where it's like what are you doing but he doesn't um, get him so he doesn't stick up for his players when it, there was that one where what did he do I, I can't even remember what he was but he got shot out in the first for next to nothing where you get ones where Suzuki is persistently called out on terrible terrible calls yep. happened multiple times this last week when his players are down and just need firing up, there was multiple situations where he should have got himself tossed out of the game just to fire the players up. I even just show them that they've got his back. People like Ricketts have said that 
the players like him and the players play hard for him. <laughs> Why? Because he's not he's yeah. not done anything to stick up for you guys. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, you could argue all you like about whether they play hard for him or not. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure that's actually accurate. But anyway, but uh, the fact is that you can play hard for someone, but you actually still need to play well. Like, <laughs> and I don't think he gets the best out of certain certain players. And as you said before, puts people in positions where they maybe wouldn't flourish. So if we take the Patrick Wisdom thing, it's probably better if he's not in there because he ends, he ends up on our, our podcast where we're like having a go because we know that that's not his skill set. Put the ball in play. Or Mastroboni would like bunt it when it's not any skill set. So it's like you're not, as a manager, you need to be putting your players into a position for them to flourish rather than struggle and, and there's been too many times where he's done that and, and you've said it with the pitching as well where he puts certain pitchers into situations that are far, far too stressful for them and uh, yeah there's times where you can call on a wild pitcher but when it's bases loaded it's probably not the best uh, the best decision to make yeah and unfortunately, we're probably going to have to watch the same thing next year because uh, it doesn't sound like he's going to be getting fired. Um, yeah, uh, maybe we just call it that on the um, complaining about David Ross. Um, who do you think's been our top performer this year? Well, it's hard to look past kind of Cody Bellinger based on this kind of amazing comeback story and, and more. He has at times uh, won us games just by coming up to the plate and just and doing what he needs to do. But then at the same time, there's, there's a couple of others that, like I know that you are not a massive fan of Seiya Suzuki, but he, he carried us through periods in the season as well um, albeit there's been other periods in the season where he's gave us absolutely nothing um, and and, it, and then you have players that, that we kind of expect to be kind of there or thereabouts guys like Ian Happ and Nico Horner um, but I'm going to go with Cody Bellinger based on the fact that um, I just think he gave us something special this year Um and purely from the point of view of just tallying up how many players in a week that he got on the UK Cubs Grumble uh, podcast, <laughs> uh, for me, it's uh, it would be Cody Bellinger. Uh, what about you? Yeah, Cody's had a really, really good season. Obviously, a good comeback one. But I'm not going to give it to Cody. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Nico. Um, just, uh, just keeps getting better every year, and this was his best year yet. Uh, he's probably going to get himself a gold glove at second and he deserves a gold glove at second um, I feel he was snubbed of being an all-star um, yeah really good year for Nico he keeps improving at the uh, the plate as well which isn't where he needs to be as strong because he is that good defensively but yeah, yeah he's, he's one of the hardest people in the game to strike out um, you're always surprised to see him swing and miss. Um, his home runs are starting to go up. His um, 
his extra base hits are starting to go up, and he was a genuine nuisance on the on the base pads. Um, the new rules probably he's probably took advantage of them. Um, but yeah, they're there for him to do that. So I think Nico has been um, quietly our most consistent and um, most important player this year. Not to take anything away from Cody, who's would be um, a very close second. If if Nico wasn't like a home grown player who we've watched you know grow over the last three or four years it would would have been Cody but no we have to I have to give it a Nico this year yeah I don't disagree with anything you've said there I think that uh, I've been super impressed by him and I think that as you say like at the plate as well um you know you had a Javi Baez who could do amazing things defensively but at the plate was just (laughs) was just not there whereas Nico as you say difficult to strike out and he's getting much better at the plate um he's, he's also starting to do harvey Baez things in defense oh, absolutely. As well, so. he's, he's becoming <laughs> the, the new el mago uh but no I, I wouldn't disagree with that um, i'm happy to uh well shared player of the year then we've we're split on that one but uh but it would have been uh one and two for me would have been cody and nico so um We've just flipped them round a bit. <laughs> well, um, we'll go on to the other side of the game now and go um, picture of the year. I think this is going to be a unanimous <laughs> decision. Um, but yeah, picture of the year. I'm just going to go out and say Justin Steele by an absolute country mile. Absolute country mile. <laughs> yeah, we're agreed on that one. Uh, I'm not even really sure. Is there, a, is there really any argument for anybody else other than him? Burnt out a bit towards the end. I think that that was the pressure on him. I think, say, if the Cubs weren't under so much pressure, I think he wouldn't have had um, the <laughs> slightly poor end of the season he's had, and I think he would um, have won that Cy Young. But that's where the Cubs are at now. Unfortunately, too much pressure on him. Um, well, that, yeah, yeah, he yeah, was, I mean, that was kind of one, one of the best. Well, that was one of the kind of things that I've been wondering: is did the Cy Young thing add? a bit of pressure to him too did he kind of think oh I need to keep this up I'm in for a Cy Young award here um, has that kind of got into his head a bit um, and I, as you say kind of burnt out near the end there but uh, brilliant all season and fully deserved to be part of that conversation uh, going right into the that kind of last uh, month of the season so yeah picture of the year without a shadow of a doubt uh, Justin Steele uh, tricky one for us to do. Um, so rookie of the year. I don't exactly know who in this team is particularly classed as a rookie. Um, so I'm gonna say for this one, Javier Assad, because I think he played f- few games last year that he should probably he's probably would be still classed as a rookie this year. Um, came in has done absolutely every job he's been asked to do. Um, not the most conventional of pitches maybe doesn't um, get out as simply as he could but the ERA speaks for itself and he's kept us in games and he's won his games yep. and helped us get into the good position we found ourselves in at the start of September so rookie of the year for me um, Javier Sad well, it was actually quite interesting because I, I had a sad with a question mark I'm looking at my notes here I've got a sad question mark because I wasn't sure either whether we could class him uh, as a rookie uh, I couldn't remember 
uh, if we'd seen him last year or not. Um, everything you've said, 100%. Uh, I love. I actually love the fact that he's so fired up, and I love his face. Like when he comes, when he's coming off the mound after it. <laughs> he absolutely like you can just see it in his face. Like I'm having it here, which is brilliant. Um, and then you, and then I, I decided I would take a look down the the roster to see who were like the legit rookies. This is like their first season. Hardly any of them had played anywhere near enough games to be able to say, right, you had a good run at this, to actually say, yep, you, you deserve rookie of the year. None of them really had many at-bats at all. To the, yeah, to really kind of look at them and go, yeah, I don't think any of them really have kind of jumped out and went, right, so there you go. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy to, if, if, if we're able to shoehorn uh, have a sad and then then I'm happy to go with that too. I think he I think he does still count as a rookie because I'm pretty sure they were still classing Suzuki as a rookie this year. So oh, well, if that's the case, if that's the case, <laughs> I don't care if he's been it's only his second season in MLB. He's like 29 years old. <laughs> he's been playing baseball for yeah. like 10 years. But yeah, Assad's been great, and hopefully he can just tighten his game up a bit in the off-season and spring training and come out next year even better. Um, surprise of the year, um, Nick Madrigal for me. Um, I think he's um, well. He's been outstanding, hasn't he? Because uh, he didn't have a spot on this team at all. Uh, there was a hole at third, and he's managed to fill it. Not particularly, again, not conventional doesn't particularly look like a third baseman but he, he got the job done he was he was sound defensively and to be honest he was pretty goddamn good at the plate as well absolutely i think i, I had a number of the way that i kind of looked at this surprises thing I, I tended to so i've got one positive and a couple of things that were surprises to me in a kind of negative way so the first um i, I was nice and nicely surprised um at adbert and his kind of emergence is this like amazing kind of lockdown kind of picture lockdown closer um, and kind of wish that they'd maybe jumped to that a bit quicker because he clearly found that's his that's his kind of sweet spot and he's he was been absolutely amazing until again burnout and and soreness and various other things but so for me that was like an amazing surprise at just how good that they'd found that, that slot for him. I was also surprised by uh, Seiya Suzuki's struggles. Like, I, I was surprised that went for as long as it did. Like, I wasn't surprised that like, every player kind of goes through a wee period of a struggle, but but for how long it went, I was kind of surprised at how long that went. Um, and then equally surprised at how, once he came out of it and got his swing, you know, and his groove, he was... He was he was back on it. Equally, um, another negative. You know that I'm a big fan of Marcus Stroman. I was incredibly surprised at his drop off. Just like unbelievable drop off. Um, so that that that's probably a mixture of kind of disappointment and and also uh, a kind of a surprise was just how how bad it it got. Yeah. Well, the. He's clearly injured. He's clearly still nowhere near 100%. Um, 
Yeah, they rushed him back. Um, Cause you got, cause you, because you've got people like me. You've got people like me. Get him back, get him back on the mound. And then, what do we know? Um, yeah, they rushed him back. At the end of the day, the rushing him back didn't cause too much damage. But, yeah, it was a pretty catastrophic drop-off. Um, but that's what injuries can do as a pitcher. If we're going to go into disappointing um, surprises... Um, Probably Jameson Tyone. I was surprised at how poorly he started off because I really did think when the Cubs signed him that he was going to be that really good third or maybe even second spot in the rotation guy. Um, yeah, it's just really disappointing. But he managed to turn it around and he was really good the last month. I think he had a sub too. ERA in the last month um, really started showing what he can do um, the thing is he owned it all the way through um, a lot of people they can hide when they're struggling um, Tyone never did he always fully owned up to it and wore it um, some massive respect to him I know I've complained quite a lot about him or I've also fully um, credited him when, when credit was due uh, I, I do think next year he can keep the um good form going on in the next year. I really think he can do that, and he's going to have to absolutely because uh, because he, he's not cheap. <laughs> absolutely. Um, down early year, uh, and then we'll we'll go on a moment of the year <laughs> to finish it off. So it'd be nice. Down of the year, that Suzuki drop catch for me was the sign that it was all over. Um, yeah, it was single-handedly the worst player I think I've ever seen for the Chicago Cubs. Um, just the, the 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 moment in which it came, the experienced players involved um, called Bellinger off and clearly didn't have it. Yeah. Um, I didn't even see it hit the ground because I was already out my seat um, celebrating uh, Drew Smiley getting out of a huge jam and couldn't believe what I was seeing when I was looking at the TV and seeing him rounding the bases. Yeah. It was a horrible, horrible moment, which completely killed the season off. Um, yeah, I don't know what, what you've got, but I imagine it's probably the same. <laughs> it, it is it's that, and, and I've included uh, Dansby's uh, drop as well. When it, it, it just looks like he's kind of got it, and then... Like, wow, it, it, these guys all throughout the year, routine, it's like, as you say, you, you're like, great, this is it, inning over, and then it's, and then it's not. So, I, I mean, I think that it, it has to be that, because I think as soon as as soon as soon it hits the ground, it is that almost that kind of deflation and thinking, right, that's it. That, that's, that sums up where we're going uh, and the answer to that is no further. <laughs> this, this is it. There's, uh, we've kind of we've thrown it away. Um, that was uh, that was game one against the Braves, wasn't it? So we were still riding. We were, but I think was it game one or was it game two? I'm pretty sure it was game one because we were still riding the high of the Rockies, and we looked good in this game. And I was really starting to believe <laughs> that while we've got these wins, we probably only need three more from these last five to completely secure it and yeah that'll haunt me 
haunt me for a long time that um like the Bryce Harper walk off grand slam mm. which still haunts me that's gonna sting for a while that um and I'm probably gonna compare a lot of sporting moments to how I felt that moment yeah. um I have a personal shout out getting swept at Wrigley Field by the Reds was a particular low point for me personally. Um, you had to sit there and watch. Having to witness, having to witness that, and spend the best part of my life savings on being there uh, to witness that was pretty grim. But when we move on to best moments, there was um, the same trip, and there was a pretty special moment. So um, yeah, what's your big moment for the season? Or should we? We'll just go through as many big moments as we want because. Let's end it on a positive. Yeah, I'll let you go first because you can you can tell your story. Yeah, well, the the, um, the Marcus Stroman shutout one nil win against the Tampa Bay Rays on Memorial Day. Um, really cool to be in America for Memorial Day. We all know they love the troops, um, <laughs> which is something that we don't, but I think we should. Um, that was really special to see that in person. Um, it's just something you have to experience because it doesn't come through. Literally how much they love their armed forces on TV, uh, be there. Yeah, and, yeah it, it's genuine. It's not It's not them just showing off. But what a game that was. I can't remember who scored the run <laughs> or how that came in. All I can remember is Marcus Stroman finishing that game off in the ninth and... Yeah, and the the uh, the elation at the end of it, because um, Cubs needed that after being swept by the Reds, they needed to come out, and they won that series because that that was game one. Uh, they won the second game and they had a chance to um, sweep, but they didn't. But that was a really really good moment in the season. Um, I'll let you do one now. Uh, Christopher Morel uh, against the Chicago White Sox. Where we're kind of going. Yeah, this is this is probably the best one though. Isn't it? This is probably like the there's two moments which are probably tied. This is one of them. Uh, so kind of going into that ninth, uh, and and he's able to kind of uh, just smash it, and probably one of the the biggest. Well, certainly, like I, even I can still picture I can still picture him as he's kind of uh, as he's kind of running around the bases and just the the sheer elation. Um, Probably one of the best walk-offs that, that I've seen for a, for a long time. Probably one of the biggest hits for the Chicago Cubs in four or five mm-hmm. years as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah, that was... weird thing about it is I kind of felt it was coming at the same time. I kind of felt... Because you feel that with Morel. You can kind of sense when he's about <laughs> to hit one out because you can tell when he's having a good bat and you can tell when he's seeing the pitch as well. Um, but if we're going to mention that one... Uh, the Mike Tuckman um, catch to oh. win the game in St. Louis is going to be. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I think maybe if we had to pick one of the two, I think walk off home runs are quite common compared to walk off home run steals. <laughs> so I think uh, Mike Tuckman's catch against St. Louis to deny a two run homer to win the game. Is yeah. The absolute pinnacle moment of the season, and for me, that was the real start of me believing that this team was going to go on 
and make the uh, postseason because um, exciting good things like that don't happen for the Chicago Cubs very <laughs> often and um, especially not against our rivals and that was just a super, super exciting moment. I don't tend to get out my chair at home and start <laughs> screaming at the TV often, but I did then. What a moment that was. Um, I've, that's It's going to take some beating for a while, that one, I think. I don't think... There's going to be a more exciting finish to a game than that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other... What about uh, Ian Happ's throws to yeah, home? The, it's saving yeah. David Ross's saving job. David. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a great great game in hindsight um, when you know the end result. Very stressful when you're watching it. Absolutely. But yeah, there were two really great players. There was also the... Um, well, Mickey got the the throw to Nico for another great out in in that game. So that was a. Uh, if we're going on best games of the season, that was probably it. Um, despite how stressful it was, yeah. uh, I think I filmed a video of myself and put it on Twitter <laughs> of me saying when we went to extras that we just needed to get a run. We just need to get a run and get out of here because <laughs> I want to go to bed, and I want to go to bed with a Cubs win. And I also want David Ross to fuck off after this because that was fucking shit. Yeah, what a what a game though, what a game. Disappointing way for the season to end, but looking forward, Neil, if you had to pick three things the Cubs are going to do this off-season, um, what would you want? Uh, number one, re-sign Cody Bellinger. Two, do something with the bullpen, whether it's um, getting new arms, or whether it's getting them to a point where we 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 do a better job with it uh, in terms of not just using the same one or two uh, guys. Um, third, replace the manager. Third would be replace the manager, and to be honest, um, at this moment in time, I don't have. It's still raw. I don't have anybody that, in particular that I would say should come in instead of him. I just think that uh, we need somebody that will actually manage uh, a team who, as you said quite rightly earlier, should be going deep in the postseason, not just be happy to be in the conversation. Uh, going into those last uh, couple of weeks, we should be aiming for, for more and we need a manager who who will be able to manage these players to be able to do that and put them into a position uh, where they will flourish rather than flounder around at times, um, play really, really well one night and then be absolutely awful for like two or three nights on the trot um, and, and scratch your head wondering, how did that happen? We need somebody who knows why it's happened and do something about it. So that would be re-sign Bellinger, do something with the bullpen, whether it's getting them, you know, trained up better so that they look after their, themselves better or we bring in a few new arms uh, and three would be replace the manager. What about you? Yeah, uh, number one, replace the manager. Um, this season was meant to be the season where the Cubs got in the playoffs and got themselves that playoff experience before doing that push towards a good run in the playoffs next year um, there's no reason why they shouldn't still push for that good run in the playoffs next year by adding the right pieces I think um, Cody Bellinger yeah, I'm getting re-signed 
it should be the absolute priority of signing a player. Um, obviously, Shohei Otani would be nice. I don't think I don't think the Cubs would be able to get him. In all honesty, so focus on Belly, who you know is going to be good. Um, focus on getting another good starting pitcher in because. Uh, we can't really rely on Drew Smiley next year. Um, Jordan Wicks looked quite good, but again, you don't really want to be going into a new season relying heavily on him. So we're going to want someone else. I'm just anticipating that Strowman's staying and Kyle Hendricks is staying. Um, so you've you've got Strowman, Steele, Tyone, Hendricks, and you need one more. Um, so I think they should go out and get one more decent starting arm. And in terms of the bullpen, I don't think they necessarily need to work too hard on that. Um, they just need to keep guys fit mm-hmm. and get some more lefties because they started the season with one, Brandon Hughes, and he, what, he lasted a week. <laughs> yeah. So... Get some more lefties in. I think there's a lot of a lot of pitches um, ready to come up next year, so I think that'll end up taking up a lot of the bullpen. Um, I think there's a lot of other prospects due to come up next year. Maybe Matt Mervis will be finally ready. He certainly wasn't this year. And again, that's another feeling on David Ross. I do feel that they used Matt Mervis far too much when they did bring him up because he was clearly not. Not there. Um, so maybe Mervis will be ready next season. Uh, PCA, I feel they've completely killed the hype for him. But he should hopefully be ready for next year. He might not. His um, at-bats didn't look great at all. No. Uh, so he's got that to work on over the winter and in spring training. Uh, hopefully he's ready for opening day. If not, do a stint in... Triple A like Morel did at the start of this season, and then look at where that goes. Yeah. Um, you do need a third baseman. Uh, Candelario was okay, but just okay. Um, the injury killed him off yes. a bit, but he was decent enough to fill that slot. And Madrigal isn't going to be that guy. I think Madrigal can be a very good bench guy. Um, like in the Mastroboni sort of role this year, if that's something he's willing to do. But no, new manager, Cody Bellinger, starting pitcher for me. Three main things to get. And then I've just added a load of extra little bits there because it's my podcast. I can do whatever <laughs> I want. Uh, the top 10 things that the Chicago Cubs, but no, no, I think so. I think we're kind of. Uh, it's so frustrating because I think a lot of the pieces are there. It's just um, it's just a few things that need to be kind of tweaked. Um, yeah, it, as I say, it's, I don't want to end on a on a disappointment because I think that, that as I say, a lot of the a lot of the bits are there, and uh, it should be obvious to those that are in charge what needs to to happen, and uh, and hopefully they do. And we can come back in spring training, and rather than it be the the UK Cubs uh, grumble, it can be the UK Cubs banter train, or or we could change the name of the podcast to. Nah, it's always <laughs> going to be the grumble. 
It's always. But when you've got a when you've got, got a Scotsman a and a for the northeast England, always going to be a grumble. Always tired as well. Always, always tired. tired. Anyway, if that's us done. Unless something dramatic happens in the off season, this is us done probably until February. Uh, thanks to everyone that has listened and supported us so far. We know it's not been perfect. Uh, personal things happened which killed us off a little yes. bit. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll be back and we'll be better in the new year. So, yeah, if you're not in the Facebook group, it's UK Cubs fans on Facebook. Just click join. I'll see if you're real. And then I'll let you in. Uh, if you want to follow me on X, I will be tweeting about the Chicago Bears and the Chicago Blackhawks for the next few months. Uh, it's UK Cubs Chris. And I'm Neil H. Watson. Yeah, please like, subscribe. And for the final time this year, let's go Cubs. Go Cubs. Cause hockey season's just two weeks away Don't stop thinking about tomorrow Don't stop, it'll soon be here David Ross soon will be gone God, I hope so The postseason's done, postseason's done